0: Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Feeling goofy today. Feeling good. Got a song stuck in my head, and the song is called "Feeling Good." Now, originally by uh, Nina Simone, and then redone by many artists, I believe. But the one, that the version that I'm thinking about inside my head is the one redone by Matt Bellamy, and Matt Bellamy happens to be the lead singer in the band called Muse. So uh, I've seen Muse several times, uh, a lot of times in concert here in uh, Philadelphia and also out in Boston, up in Boston. Great band, big fan of Muse, but they do a cool version of Feeling Good. So woke up with that song stuck in my brain and they call that an earworm where it just won't go away now yesterday's ear earworm speaking of earworms people were like probably like oh my god that's disgusting it's not a worm it's just a, a song or a phrase or something that just keeps playing over and over inside that loop in your brain i'm bouncing between feeling good by nina simone and that's life by frank sinatra and it's funny because uh, I am feeling good, (laughs) and that's life is a phrase that all of us can kick in all the time. So what I want you to do is either stop right now, go listen to That's Life by Frank Sinatra, and then go listen to Feeling Good by the band called Muse, M-U-S-E, and uh, check those songs out and come on back. I'll wait. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to sit right here. I'm in the living room today. Big change. not laying down in bed because I'm feeling good. I was so tempted to sing that for you, but I can't sing that because that's a violation of copyrights. All right, I'm going to wait for you. Go ahead. Go listen. you back? Cool. You like those songs? I do. I'm a big fan. That's Life is a really cool song by Frank Sinatra because basically it says it all. I mean, the guy, you know, you get knocked down. You get people stomping on your dreams. You're trying a whole bunch of different things in life. It's funny. He's like, I was a puppet, a pauper, you know, he goes through, I'm, and again, I can't repeat everything he says because it's a violation of copyrights, but with me, even with me, all the things that I've done for a career in my life, it's kind of funny, and why I was thinking about That's Life is, and this whole song, uh, the other night we were sitting, talking, and we play uh, Scrabble. I told you we're a big Scrabble family. I went and out and got one of those uh, online, too, the deluxe Scrabble set. Wood grain spins around. Very nice. Got it for forty bucks. I think. Oh, it was forty bucks. Fifty bucks online. We use that all the time. So anyway, you know, it's great because it's also time for discussion. It's a disconnect to connect situation where you put your phones away and we just talk. And something had come up about a cake. Oh, it's me. I'm always saying in the house. Yeah, you know what? Anybody else want a piece of uh, ice cream cake? I say that because I love ice cream cake. Or I'll say, Hey, who wants a chocolate covered pretzel? I say. Hey, who wants? I offer these things up, and we don't have them. And everybody's like, right, "Will you just stop? <laughs> you know, did you did you buy them today or what?" They get my joke, but anyway, we're talking about this ice cream cake, and then something somebody said something about like a design on a cake, and then my wife brings up the time where I worked at a supermarket a long time ago. I guess it was before people were doing a whole bunch of stuff on on cakes, and, and it was my buddy's birthday, and I drew a drag strip on the cake a racing drag strip it was two cars racing on one side and the other side in the middle was the christmas tree they call it where the lights go from red down to green and they do it real quickly and then both dragsters take off so i decorated this cake up for my buddy dave with that my daughter my youngest daughter she's like since when did you make a cake you know since when did you work in a bakery and i was like that's just one of my many jobs that i've had and she's laughing at me and she's like a cake maker I said, it's not like, you don't make them cakes in them supermarkets. At least I did not. You know, the cakes come in, they're already, you know, you like thaw them out or something. You know, and then the rolls, the Kaiser rolls, you slide them onto a pan and you put them in the oven. And they come out and they're hot and they look like they were just cooked. Yeah, they were. Technically speaking, they were just, you know, just made. But, you know, I wasn't a baker per se. She got a big kick out of that. When I hear that song, That's Life by Frank Sinatra, I think about all the things. All the careers that I used to have, all my little dreams. And, and quickly, okay, it started out as a, uh, the bulletin newspaper. In the Philadelphia area, we had the Philadelphia Inquirer, Philadelphia Daily News, I believe it was, and Philadelphia Bulletin, the Evening Bulletin. And I delivered the bulletin. It was a fat newspaper, man. It was a heavy newspaper. It was a good paper. My father was actually on the cover of it for his work. It was very cool. But yeah, so I delivered the bulletin. And then I also worked at a record store. I worked at a cold cut store, uh, like a deli, sliced meat and cheese and all that type of stuff. And where else did I work? Down at the airport. I worked at a supermarket. I worked at this uh, bakery. Well, it didn't start out as that. I was a customer service assistant at the CSA. And basically, that's the guy who goes and gets the carts that you leave out in the parking lot. <laughs> And then from there, I left and I went to college for a little bit. And the dream was uh, law enforcement. So uh, that was the deal. I was going to go either to state police, Pennsylvania State Police, or the FBI. Well, there's a story behind that, too. There's a story behind all of this. And I didn't get there. I actually left and found a government job. I worked at the government job for, uh, I guess, about eight years. And then I found my career, another career, working in the trades, building trades. I was a mechanic and a technician, actually. So did that for, I don't know, 10 years. And guess what? I was rewarded with a heart problem. Yay! Not rewarded. It just happens. Life happens. That's life. It's where I think about that song a lot. You know, you get up, you fall down, people stomp on your dreams. Oh, what I have not told you is in between all of those little dreams... You know, in between and during, I started a, a landscaping business. I had that going. That was doing really well. That really took off. Uh, What happened after that? Oh, the candle, the candles, uh, <laughs> Oh man, I, when I think about this stuff, it's embarrassing. I get secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, I was basically going to take out Yankee Candle man with my with Tony's candles. <laughs> I was going to do it bigger and better. Well, you can't do that. They're great. They're great candles. I'm looking at like one, two, three, four, five six Yankee candles just on our bookshelves alone and then I know in the one bottom drawer here we probably have another three or four it's just crazy you know so yeah I I actually made candles man I'm like I'm gonna make it out of this certain wax I I learned all about it and uh, down in the basement I melted that stuff up and poured the molds what we did we made like gift bags for people and it was kind of cool made a little bit of money from that and uh you know you're always trying you know you try to be an entrepreneur you try to pursue your dreams Somewhere right around that line, I always wrote. Uh, I wrote songs, you know, as a musician, I always wrote my own music. I was always, you know, trying to make it like maybe that way. Then I started writing as well with the books, with novels, and I would do that. You know, again, these are all hobbies. You know, I made no money from the music aspect of it, uh, of my entrepreneurial adventures, or the novels. But I kept doing it, you know, and, and it's funny about the novels were a couple, couple of them that I actually sent out. One was called An Unordinary Man, and then the other one was called Tempest Darius. It was very interesting that uh, I could compile these words together. And it, what it did to me, being this uh, type A dude, and then also having this anxiety and stuff and my mind, continually racing. It's my normal. My normal is 1,000 a, a, a miles per hour. And then sleep. That's just how it was for me. It was, it was It was tough being me. Just mind racing all the time. I can do this and then I can do that. And I, like it's crazy, man, like nothing but it, like an adrenaline junkie. On top of all those things that I just mentioned to, you, add in there, being on two, three hockey teams, coaching, karate, biking, you know, hitting a heavy bag, lifting. That was my life. There was no sitting back and watching the sunset on a beach. It was a 1,000 miles per hour all the time dirt bike riding. I mean and just everything in there, always busy, going, 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 adrenaline flowing. And then the writing was really cool. That's something that kind of slowed me down, especially when I needed to be slowed down after the diagnosis of the heart problem. So the writing forced me into a mode of chill, of relaxing. But reason being where I even started that was not sleeping. So I would, you know, I'd go to bed about nine o'clock, about nine, nine thirty. I believe it was uh In Touch Ministries would come on with Charles Stanley, Dr. Charles Stanley, at 9.30 in Philadelphia on WFIL. I believe before that was Greg Laurie at 9, and this was years ago. This was the time slots, so I would listen to both of those and really just relax me and set my head straight. And it was listening to both of those guys, but especially Dr. Uh, Charles Stanley for In Touch Ministries that just woke me up like got me out of a lot of the depression and made me realize, you know, things happen for a reason in life. You know, we're not in control. We think we're in control. We think we are on this uh, self-defined journey through life. And it's not what it is. It is just, it's life happening. People will say, well, it's predestined. Is it? We do make decisions. We do make choices. But what are those choices and decisions based off of? I don't think any of us really know that. I think to say that we are in control of our own destinies is an illusion. I think we are guided and diverted on our life's path by a lot of different things that happen, little situations that arise in life, life happening, that divert us in different directions. Different directions for safety, different directions for security, different directions just for survival. These different winds of change, if you will, blow us left and right off of our path. And Uh, We hope that we stay on the journey, the path that is chosen for us or is uh, set aside for us by God. We want to be on the right path, at least I do anyway. And all the time I'm talking about that, I'm also mindful of the moral compass that we all try to follow. And at least I I have a very refined one that I, it's a very strict one that I really try to stay on. So with all that, again, that song, that's life, this makes me think of all that. And where I am now, where I started out at. And then the different people along the way that encourage you to pursue your dreams or the folks that want to stomp on you. Just like Frank sings in that song, you know, you get up, you get down, you get right back up on your feet again. And that's just part of life. And it's something, again, I want you, I really do want you to listen to that. The song was very popular recently in regards to the movie The Joker. That was kind of a disturbing movie. We never really talked about that movie, but to me, it was very disturbing. Part of me didn't feel that it was right to exploit mental illness the way it did. But then the other part of me is like, dude, that's not exploiting mental illness. That is showing the world, you know, that this guy's got some serious issues and this is what's going on in his mind. And, hopefully it opened up dialogue for a lot of people to try and sit back and understand someone with mental illness. So that's my final verdict on that. How I look at it now, instead of an exploitation, more of an expose in regards to helping people understand folks with mental illness. And that was a serious degree of mental illness that Phoenix portrayed. And what an outstanding job he did as well. Very disturbing. Some of the places where he took us very disturbing but yet simultaneously we keep an open mind and understand this is real man there's people out there suffering with that form of illness so hats off and kudos to them for doing it and bringing that up because the song that's life is in that movie and I believe that probably created a ton of searches for people trying to hear that song again but listen to the words to that I just don't like the very last sentence and rolling up and dying but to me you never roll up and you just die You, you keep on keeping on no matter what until the end until you just have nothing more to give and then you still get up and you keep on crawling if you have to. And that's life. That is truly part of life. And I say that all the time on this show to remind you that, listen, man, <laughs> grass always looks greener on the other side. It's not. It is not. You think if you have money, that's the answer to everything. If you think that if you were better looking, if you were in better shape, that's the answer to everything. The answer to everything, I don't know, but I will ask you or I would suggest to you is to get to know the person staring back at you in the mirror. And instead of criticizing, instead of being critical of everything that is you, embrace yourself. Embrace your life like yourself. Find that thing inside of you that is good. It's so easy to point out the negatives. I can do it all day long. Dude, like, oh my God, you're so embarrassing. I can't believe you say half of the things you do. That's me. I'll tell you a great instance Saturday morning. Just recently, we had the men's prayer breakfast at a church that I gathered with a bunch of my friends. It was a a lot of people there, a lot of people that I didn't know. New people were there, and it was my day to do the devotion. And basically, the devotion is uh, after we eat, you get up and you speak about something, you know, a, a Bible phrase or verse or whatever. And I'll tell you, man, Saturday morning, I just woke up exhausted. I get down to the car. I forgot my glasses. I got back up to the elevator get my glasses. I come back down. I forgot my wallet. I go get my wallet. I'm like, really? Did I forget anything else? That does not happen with me, man. I normally have everything in one place. I grab my glasses, grab my wallet, get in the car, start heading there. I'm halfway there. I don't have my phone. Everything's in my phone, my notes, everything to talk about my little Bible app. And I'm like, okay, this is just one of those things in life that what do you do? Well, I said a little prayer. I'm like, yo, (laughs) yo buddy. (laughs) <laughs> Meaning, yo, God, hey, God, please help me through this one. It's, uh, you know, oh, and, and when I woke up, did I have some serious pain in my side? I thought, oh, man, here we go. Kidney stones. We'll never make it. We're doomed. I felt like glum from Gulliver's Travels, right? And uh, I was just about to text a buddy of mine to say, look, man, I'm out. I can't make it. Uh, you're going to have to do the devotion or somebody else. And then I let one rip. Now it sounds disgusting to you, but that's nature. It was a gas pain, man. I let a monster one rip. <laughs> laughed about it. No one was around, so I didn't have to say excuse me. That's life. That really happened, okay? I'm not going to lie. Everyone farts, folks. Everyone farts. And I happened to let out a big one. And uh, it was great felt great. My pain went away. So then I was all excited and happy and laughing to myself about that. I'm like, yeah, man, there you go. That's cool. No kidney stone. Cause if anybody ever had a kidney stone, you'll know what I'm talking about. My God, such serious pain. Brutal. And they say it's comparable to uh, childbirth, which I'll never know. Thank God. But yeah. So let that one rip and then got myself together. So I'm halfway there. Don't have my phone. Okay. What do you do? I'm like, this is unbelievable. Everything was pointing for me not to go. Don't go Tom. Just stay home. Just turn around and go home, dude. But I kept on going, and I went. So I guess you know some guys will do the devotion, and it's maybe five minutes or a couple. Maybe some even like it's a couple minutes. But me, it's a it's a men's prayer breakfast. So to me, talk a little bit longer. Everybody's having their own little individual dialogue. So why not? I mean, if you can enlighten somebody a little more about your own spirituality. So I do it. You know, when I give it, it's probably 10, 15 minutes long. And that day, the other day was no exception. I started speaking about kind of like a recall about the last podcast that we put up, episode 53. And it was just about a, a compass and having direction in life. And I wrapped it up with Proverbs 3, paragraph 5, which is trust in the Lord. And And basically that he's going to walk you through your journey through life. And there it was. I was trusting, man, like, get me through this devotion. Let me get me through this and let the words flow through my mouth. But I actually mentioned the part about the fart. (laughs) A lot of people are like, oh, my God, like laughing. And then some people are like, dude, like, what was that? You know, I I didn't rip one there, but I mentioned it because that's me. That's what I do. Well, that's me. That's how it is. I tell it like it is. And, you know, so, of course, what happened at the end? I started. Bombarding myself. You should have never did that. That wasn't funny. It wasn't proper. You're in the basement of a church. Why'd you leave your phone there? You should have just turned around. You should have had someone else do it for you. Why'd you talk about that? You mentioned a fart. You mentioned a fart at a prayer breakfast. Yeah, I did because that's what I do. Okay. I talk and I'm honest. And then right after that, when you start second guessing yourself, start bombarding yourself. Can't believe you did that. Dude, just shut up. Just do your little devotion and be quiet. Why do we do that? Why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we, if it isn't, or if it is an embarrassing situation, why do we, why are we our worst enemies afterwards? Well, guess what? A couple of days afterwards, that's how I felt initially. It was like the, the ride of shame home. And you know what? Where I'm at right now, who cares? Honestly, I did the devotion. It came from my heart. Everything I spoke about was the truth. It was passionate. It was how I feel. I shared my spirituality. Yeah, okay. I threw a story in there about a fart. <laughs> I think anybody who truly knows me would not be surprised about that. And they'd be like, Tone, if you did not put that story in there about the fart, and I wouldn't be you. And that's how I look at it. So back earlier on when I was telling you to embrace yourself, to look in the mirror and to find that something about you that you that you like about yourself, because we all have. Yes, we have flaws. We all do. But there's something good within us all, each and every one of us. And sometimes you have to look really hard to find it. But when you find it, embrace it, man, and start being your own best friend. And that's how you got to march through life and get back up again when things knock you down. And the things that can knock you down could be yourself, like me, driving in the car on the way home. Dude, you made a a reference to a fart. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Because it happened and it was true. (laughs) And that's what you get with me you know telling the truth man and it is what it is right life is what it is and that's life and that is exactly how it is so that song check that song out please it's really good and the feeling good song yeah you can go listen to that too i mean it's not as prevalent and important as the one that's life is today but feeling good is just a really good tune just about feeling good just about a person looking around and just being mindful Just checking it all out and being into it. You know, something that I'm really into big time is mindfulness. What is mindfulness, they say? It's being in the moment. It's being in the now. It's hard for me a lot of times to be mindful in here inside these four walls because I have so many diversions to my attention. I'm sitting here just right now staring at my bookshelf and I have... I don't know, maybe a couple hundred books sitting here, but I gave away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of my books, and they're all my favorite books, and I've read them all. I wish I still had them here, and we just didn't know if we were going to have the room, but I gave them all away. So I'm always distracted here. So you got books on the top shelf. You have my, I have my camera and lenses to the left. Uh, really cool, to the right bottom is a log cabin my father made. Um, he went out into the woods, and he just chopped down these small little branches and took them down into the basement, and he made this log cabin, and on the front of it, he he kind of like signed it with our last name. And I stared at that. I was thankful that he gave me one. And just think about like that. My my dad made that. Oh, it was just really cool. There's so much about my dad I just didn't know. There's so much about my dad that I wish I knew. I wish I, w- I wish we were like best friends. You know, we just weren't for no other reason than I think he was just truly devoted to my mom, and they just spent a ton of time together. And then also life happens, and life happens where I'm young, then I'm with my girlfriend, then with my wife, then with my kids, and it's that song, Cats in the Cradle, where you don't really catch up to uh, that person, but that's one regret I have in life, that if I could do it over, I'd maybe make a more concerted effort to be a good friend with my father, and hopefully that he would reciprocate with that. He was a busy guy, man. Just worked double shifts, and I never saw him much, but I have that from him. I can only imagine, like, what he was thinking when he made this by his hands. I look at it often. I stare at that. Yeah, when I want to get mindful, it's not in here. It's, uh, I take a walk where I go, I have certain places where I go sit on a bench and just look and just observe and, and look hard at a lot of things. Just the way the water is uh, reacting to the wind or the breeze. And I try not to think of anything but that and be in that moment and to acknowledge that being mindful of being mindful is the key and in that way i find a lot of peace and tranquility and it's a great practice for anyone who is under a lot of stress or experiences anxiety or any kind of busy mind how i am like i said 1000 miles an hour so i can now go sit somewhere and be extremely mindful of everything surrounding me and not let my mind drift off into memories of the past and hopes for the future but to be in the now in the right now Look how beautiful the grass is. Look how amazing that lake looks. How the sun's reflecting off of it. That's being mindful. And then, thank you, God, for being in this moment. Thank you for this moment that I'm in right now to appreciate this. And thank you for the appreciation that I'm having for this. These, to me, are what mindfulness means. Just to be thankful for life, living life, and appreciating life each and every second. I remember somebody saying a long time ago, I was playing hockey and in fact, the guy, he ran into my wife and he's like, you know, I never knew Tony was so into, into it, into hockey. Like he's like way into it. And she's like, Hey, he's just really enthusiastic about everything he does. And what that was, was him observing me being mindful. You know, when I stepped out on the ice, I was there, I was in it in that moment, appreciative of the ability to both physically and uh, mentally and financially, because hockey can be expensive. To be out there. It was a childhood dream come true. And yeah, every game to me was a Stanley Cup playoff game because I have dreamed so long prior to that. We talked about it even that last episode about me wanting to go to the Can-Am Hockey School in Guelph, Ontario at the age of like 8, 9, 10 years old, whatever. That never happened. Who had that kind of money? Uh, We were not fortunate enough, uh, most kids in our neighborhood, to play hockey. Ice hockey, that is. So yeah, I mean, something like that, that was a dream. Dirt bikes, a dream of a dirt bike. When I finally got it, yes. Race and ride every weekend if you can. Live your life, man. Live it every day. So what is it? Oh, and, and I just want to segue to something else. You know, when I mentioned these Vortex binoculars, I'll take them sometimes instead of my camera. Reason being, my daughters get on me all the time. Dad, Stop worrying about the perfect shot. Stop always worrying about trying to capture the moment instead of live the moment. You're missing a lot, you know, by always looking through the camera lens. But that's me being mindful. And my oldest is like, is it? And hmm. I'm like, yeah, you got a point there. So that's why I bought the binoculars. What, what you do when you have binoculars? Forces you to look closer, right? You're looking out there and you're looking closer. So either the camera or the binoculars, both very cool ways to, to practice mindfulness. Also with a, a sound recorder like I do as well. So that works for me. Hopefully you find something that works for you and take yourself out somewhere, sit on a bench and give yourself a break instead of bombarding yourself with the negativity or you you're so critical of yourself, can't believe you did that, can't believe you said that, can't believe you talked about a fart while you're sitting in the basement at church in front of people you don't know. Oh well, that's life. <laughs> Just a quick one for today. Hey, listen. Thanks very much for listening. Do me a favor. Go check out that song That's Life by Frank Sinatra. Listen to the words. But most importantly, what I want you to hear within that song is get yourself up, man. After people kick you and knock you down, you got to get back up no matter what. In life, life is a gift. It's a beautiful thing. And don't let anybody keep you down, man. Just get yourself up no matter what. Just keep on getting up. A good visualization of I'm having of that is the movie Less Samurai with Tom Cruise. If you ever get a chance, to check that out. There's a time where he's up there. He's living in the mountains among the samurai. He decides to try to learn, and he picks up a sword, which is a fake sword. It's a wooden stick. He starts uh, fighting with this young kid, and then one of the samurai come over and, like, literally beats the crap out of Tom Cruise. But he keeps getting back up, and in that, they admire and respect it. Get yourself up. No matter what happens in life, no matter how many times you're beaten back down, get up. You're not alone. We are all with you. Believe in yourself because we believe in you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. And if you like this, hey, do me a favor. Share it with somebody. Share it with one person. And then ask them to share it if they like it. Thanks, people. Have a great day, man. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.